Welcome to The Blind Side. News and information from a blindness perspective. Here's Jonathan Mosen. Great to have you back with us for another episode. There are so many podcasts out there. Thank you so much for choosing ours. Hope you've had a good week. It's been a busy old week here as we get used to the iPhone 7 Plus. Also, a new gadget has come to live at our house. I realize we're kind of a bit behind the times in some respects, but we've got an Amazon Echo. And that's no mean feat, actually, because the Amazon Echo is not officially sold in New Zealand. Amazon doesn't officially ship here, so I had to get it shipped via an intermediary shopping service, which is available to New Zealanders because we love to shop overseas for gadgets, you see. And so we have the service called U-Shop that gives you a US, UK and a Chinese postal address. And you give your shipping address as this US or UK or Chinese address when you check out of a place that won't ship directly here. And there's a warehouse that this company gets the goods and then they intercept them and they forward them on here to New Zealand for a small consideration. So it's rather good. So that's how I got the Echo. And then I spent a fun afternoon hacking the Echo because if you go into the user interface of it, you will know that it only supports US cities, US time zones and US zip codes. But with a bit of jiggery pokery with the Google developer tools in Chrome and massaging the massive URL that gets sent back, I was able to tell it that I'm in New Zealand and now I even get local conditions. So I'm thoroughly enjoying getting to know the Amazon Echo. What's on the blind side this week? Well, we are sticking with technology actually this week in a different kind of way though. We're taking it to the streets. Indoor navigation continues to be a real challenge for blind people and there have been various attempts over the years to try and crack indoor navigation. Well, BlindSquare is one of those that's continuing to innovate in this space. And right here in my home city, Wellington, New Zealand's capital, there's a very bold experiment going on with Blind Square beacons to facilitate indoor navigation and more detailed information about what's around you on the street. We'll talk to Thomas Bryan from the Blind Foundation about how all this works, and then we'll put it through its paces by getting out of the studio and onto the streets of Wellington. So watch out, world. Feel the need to sound off? Share your thoughts about this week's show by email. Send an audio file or write it down and email theblindside at mosin.org. Hello there, Jonathan. It's John Gassman here. Just uh, I woke up a little early today, so I tuned in on your podcast and found it fascinating. Uh, 5.15 as I finished listening to it. Really quickly, I uh, didn't get the iPhone 7 yet. I, I just got the 6S last December, so I probably will wait a little while, but it's good to know that everything is working correctly, and I thought it was fascinating to uh, become familiar with it through your voice. And I'll keep the podcast so that when I do upgrade to the 7 uh, or 7 Plus, I'll be able to refer to it. So, great podcast. I really enjoyed it. And thank you again for The Blind Side. The Blind Side. Oh, gosh, you sound just like Mark the Voiceover Man, John. Good to hear from you. Thanks for your feedback. And it's always good to get all of the feedback that is coming in. We had a lot of response to the iPhone 7 unboxing. So, certainly appreciate that. Before we move on, Mushroom FM has a new show that I want to tell you about, and it's right after the Mosin Explosion. That's on Sunday afternoons at 2 until 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It's my live radio show. Would love to have you tune in for that and interact via Twitter and email, and we have a lot of fun. 
At 6pm Eastern, the new show that starts this coming Sunday and every Sunday thereafter on Mushroom FM is from Steve Cutway. Steve has been with Mushroom FM a few months now and has been doing a popular show called Lost in the 50s. He's moving to Sunday night right after the explosion with a show called The Early Years. It allows him to spread his wings a little bit because the show covers music not just from the 50s, but the 60s as well. So Steve will be playing a lot of the music from when rock was young and some other music from the era as well, telling you the stories behind the songs and sharing a few personal recollections because he actually did live through the era. So that's 6 o'clock on a Sunday night, the early years, right after the Mosin Explosion on Mushroom FM. We have a lot of great shows, and you can check out what's on when right in your own local time zone just by heading over to mushroomfm.com slash schedule. That's mushroomfm.com slash schedule. Our place, our issues. The Blind Side with Jonathan Mosen. In Wellington, the capital of New Zealand, we're fond of calling it the coolest little capital. And one aspect of navigation that has made it even cooler is some technology that Blind Square, the famous iOS mobile app, has made possible. And this is their leveraging of iBeacon technology in quite a unique way to give blind people additional information about their surroundings. In conjunction with the Blind Foundation in New Zealand and other partners, Blind Square beacons are being rolled out in the central business district of Wellington. And to talk about this and some other related matters, Thomas Bryan joins me from the Blind Foundation in New Zealand in Wellington. Welcome to you, Thomas. It's good to have you here. Likewise. Thanks, Jonathan. Tell me about how this came about in the first place. How is it that Wellington is, I believe, the first city to actually get this rolled out? Well, it's a bit of a long story, so I'll try and keep it short. Um, last year, we did a bit of a pilot in our own building in Wellington, along with CNIB. So we had a bit of a launch. Um, they did one of their buildings. We did one of ours, and we did a bit of a launch via Skype. And um, from there, we've looked at, so what else could we do with it? So we're going to be rolling out iBeacons and Blind Square into two of our other offices later this year um, in Auckland and in Christchurch. And we're just going to have about 10 beacons scattered through the building just to give people an indication as to where they might find the bathrooms, where um, the coffee station might be or where various meeting rooms are. So very low-key just to help people um, explore the building with a bit more confidence and a bit more independence, especially if they're new to a, a facility. There have been various attempts over the years to crack this indoor navigation thing, and one of the problems has been agreeing on a standard. You've probably seen at some of the US conventions that you've attended the old talking signs technology, which predates smartphones, so. yeah, and they used infrared, and I remember being in an exhibit hall full of electronics and having this talking sign receiver in my hand and trying to navigate around, and it was quite cool because you could get very specific directionality but there was a lot of crackle and interference with all the equipment around there and so this is really another attempt i guess to crack this difficulty of indoor navigation we're doing pretty well with getting out and about outside but it's the sort of getting down to the granular specific indoor or individual business level that's still to be conquered i think very much so. And I think, you know, we can have tactile maps and we can, you know, have lots of advice given to us, but there's nothing 
beats exploring something yourself and being able to find out, ah, so that's where that is, without having to keep asking someone all the time. And I guess um, the guy we've worked a lot with besides Ilka, um, the developer for Blind Square, is Rob from Canada. And it was Rob's idea, really, I think, to try and link um, our experience with, with iBeacons in Wellington with CNIB. And then he came to us earlier this year and said, I've got an idea. What do you think about having 200 locations in a rough row that people could navigate around? Well, of course, that sort of um, struck a few chords for, for myself, but also with some of my colleagues that I, that I chatted to. Um, we had a discussion with Wellington City Council, who are one of our partners and, and part sponsors. And we thought, so how are we going to do this? Well, um, Contact IO, the uh, manufacturers of the beacons, graciously gave us 200 beacons to help us get the project up and running. And so we started yesterday with our launch, which was to um, start having a few locations in town. And so we're looking, for those who know Wellington reasonably well, the bottom of Cuba Street, through Wakefield Street, down Lampton Quay to Cable Car Lane is our initial 200 spots. And the aim is to have one beacon, possibly two, but mainly one beacon in each store or location along the way. Nothing too spectacular about um, what the information will tell you, just the main sorts of things that we all like to know. What is the shop or business? Where do I find the counter or the um, service assistance? Are there any steps? Are there any barriers to me getting to that point? Are there lifts or bathrooms in the business or shop that I've gone into? And when I come out, what street have I come out onto and where is the nearest bus stop or pedestrian crossing? Reading the information from the Wellington City Council, and it's really cool that they are way on board with this and cooperating with it, and they've been promoting it on their social media and on their websites, and they're trying to encourage businesses to get involved, and the local Chamber of Commerce is also involved. Reading about this, it seems like it is actually very direction-sensitive, so it will play a different kind of message depending on whether you're entering or leaving the premises. Very much so. So the beacons, you know, basically cover off all all points of the compass. So if you're heading north and something happens to be your, on um, on the east side, then it's going to tell you that it's so many metres at three o'clock. Um, if you're coming from the south, then it's obviously going to say to you it's so many metres at um, three o'clock, at nine o'clock. I can't get my left and right sorted today. <laughs> But, yeah, so it is very directional, and a lot of it really depends on the level of information that gets put into, um, for a better word, the spreadsheet. So there's a, a sheet that sits in the cloud that drives the information. So some information has been provided by the stores. Some information has been provided by people who are going out testing the beacon. So that will give us an indication, are the directions enough, not enough? Are they um, accurate or not? And then what do we need to do to tweak them to get them to, to provide better information? Is the information that is provided recorded information, actually human speech, or is it spoken by the text-to-speech engine? 
spoken by the text-to-speech engine. So really all we're doing is um, viewing the, the shop, the business, working out the key points that people may want to know, and then entering those into a spreadsheet, and then it's the beacon talks to the spreadsheet and then back to Blind Square, and so you get that information just like you were planning a trip with Blind Square. What was also impressive is that Blind Square seems to have come to the aid of the party and they have made their Blind Square event app, which I have seen at different conventions, available in Wellington. So even if cost is a barrier in terms of purchasing the Blind Square app, then people in Wellington can try this. Very much so, Jonathan. So we have a um, a fairly large area, which is probably a a first as well, Uh, I think. Blind Square events in the past have been either around a hotel site or uh, where maybe I think uh, games are being held for um, vision impaired games. But for Wellington, they've given us, because of the sort of structure of Wellington and the transport um, routes, they've given us from the airport to the railway station as a, as a free space. And that's quite a large, large size space. Um, means that you can travel from the airport or, or from the railway station Um, right through the centre of the city up to our office using the free event. And I suppose what's in it for them is that they are also collecting a lot of very useful real-world data about how we are going to use this stuff and that could be useful for other deployments around the world. Very much so. And and I think we're, we're hoping that, you know, if we come across businesses, because it's linking back into Foursquare and getting some of the information from Google and, and Apple Maps. If we can find out where there are some information that's missing, we can um, get that added in. If businesses have changed their names, then we can update that to make it a, a more um, a full, a fully experienced that, that people will think, hey, this is really great. Um, when I go back to somewhere else, they're not actually going to get the full version of this. What's the cost of the beacon technology? You mentioned that 200 had been provided. Are they fairly expensive wee beasts to buy? No, they're, they're quite small. They're about the size of um, people are familiar with matchboxes. Um, it's an old terminology these days, but um, quite small sitting in the centre of the palm of your hand. Um, they get mounted normally up on the ceiling or well out of arm's reach. In our building, we put them up into the um, ceiling tiles just so they weren't visible, and they're round about the sort of $20, $30 per beacon. So that means then that potentially anybody could buy these beacons and, and program them themselves, right? Very much so. And so we're hoping that places like our National Museum, airports, railway stations, etc., will also see the benefit and then start to deploy their own um, blind square environment. Hmm. How directional is it? For example, if I'm in a building and there is a men's right next door to the ladies' convenience, am I able to get very clear and ambiguous information about which is which? Well, I guess that's going to depend on the person who types in the the directions. So what we did in our building here, um, the beacon was sort of halfway down the hallway and we said the next door on the right is the door that takes you into the bathrooms. When you enter the foyer, the door on your right is the gents, the access toilet is directly in front of you, and the ladies is to your left. 
Okay. So a lot of it will depend on those instructions. If someone just puts in the instructions, toilets are at two o'clock at five metres, um, you're not going to know if it's a men's or a ladies. And, um, and I guess we've probably all done that, gone into the wrong one. Right. Um, I certainly have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I probably won't be the last time probably either. Yeah, it's like that old Bob Rivers song about the ladies saying said gentlemen. So we're not at the point yet where you can have a, a beacon on each door and get directionality in the sense that this is the men's beacon and this is the, the, the ladies. No, but um, while you can alter the range that the beacons broadcast, because they're broadcasting a Bluetooth signal, um, you can alter that range, but not if the doors are side by side, not to that extent. One thing that BlindSquare have built into their recent updates is also using QR codes. And QR codes, um, if stuck to the left or right-hand side of a door, um, will give you more information, such as the whole layout of, say, like a meeting room or, or bathrooms, that there are you know, basins on the left, there are cubicles on the right, there are hand dryers at the very far end. And so if BlindSquare picks up, there's a QR code and, and you take a picture of it, it will come back and give you a whole description as to the particular room you're standing outside of. Yes, for those who haven't caught up with it because it came out at exactly the same time as all the big Apple updates, there is a very significant version 4 update to BlindSquare and it's got a lot of new good stuff including a voice commands feature and a bunch of other things. So if people haven't checked out version 4 of BlindSquare, then they should. There's a lot of good stuff there. How easy is it to program? Is it an accessible process? Have you been able to, to load information into these beacons yourself? I've had a bit of a play. I must admit I'm not a huge um, expert when it comes to um, Google Sheets, um, but you're certainly using Firefox with, with JAWS. I've been able to you know, navigate the cells, update the cells, etc. So it is very, very doable, um, but you do need to understand um, and be fairly skilled at using Firefox. Okay, so um, then you, you, you update that spreadsheet in Google Sheets and then it somehow loads that information into the individual beacon. Yeah, so each beacon has its own identification number and so that's all set up into the sheet and then you have your north, south, east, west um, cells where you put um, any information you know, as to the direction that the information relates to. That's awesome. With iBeacon technology in general, they have been used for advertisements. And so you can sort of go into a business and suddenly your iPhone lights up and it says, you know, we've got 20% off uh, in store if you mention that you saw this message kind of thing. Is that something that's, that you want to embrace or would you be concerned about retailers making the process so commercial that it could detract from the navigation elements of this? That would be my biggest fear, to be quite honest, that you know, it's, you know, you're getting a bit of information telling you what shop you've come to, you know, where the counter is, etc. If you then started getting bombarded, we've got 20% off, you know, shoes today, um, etc. Um, I would rather get that in a, in a separate app personally. Um, others may, may choose to have it in the same app, I'm not sure, but I'd personally rather, you know, get an alert somewhere else saying, you know, there are specials in these particular stores today. 
And then there's also the improved accessibility of bus stops that's sort of going on at the same time as this due to a, a partnership. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. There's a um, company based here in Wellington called Radiola. Now, my understanding is they're an international company and they deal with um, navigation systems for um, airports and the like as well. So they've developed a new real-time bus stop sign or train station sign, you know, depending on how it's going to be rolled out. And built into that sign, besides having reasonable size, um, large print, is also a beacon which talks to Blind Square. So you can then pick up what stop you're coming up to and what time the next departures will be leaving that stop. Um, the aim is also to look at having beacons attached to buses that will then announce what bus is pulling into the stop as well. So you won't hopefully get on, still get on the wrong bus. Goodness, that will be very welcome, especially at some of those busy city bus stops. So where are we at with the rollout of that at this point? Well, they um, Radiola are talking to a number of transport um, authorities around how they might deploy their stops in the cities because a number of our cities do have real-time signs, but some of them have been out there for a number of years and probably either need to, either are using old technology or are probably at the end of their life and need to be replaced anyway. So we're leaving that to talk to, to the transport operators around that. But what we have also identified is that while we have you know, a number of people using iOS devices, we still have a large number of blind people who don't use technology. And so Radiola are looking at also developing a, what I'm calling a talking post, which would be activated either by a button on the post or something that you wear or something that you hold so that for those who don't use technology or um, struggle to use the touchscreen um, format, then they will also be able to get that same audio information about when the next buses are due at a stop. And so is Radiola's technology being tested in Wellington at the moment as well right now, or is this something that's still on the drawing board? Uh, they've got two or three stops that they've developed, um, and they've had them at various points around the city for people to have a look at them. Um, I know they've been talking to a couple of groups to see if they could um, show them to the disability communities, but they're also um, going to a number of bus and transport conferences in New Zealand and Australia to show their new signs. You mentioned that not all blind people use this technology and one of the things that really troubles me is the increasing digital divide that's emerging between those people who can afford these devices and those that can't. And admittedly, Android devices can be purchased quite a bit cheaper, but for certain use cases, they're just still not suitable yet, particularly mm. if you're a Braille user and that there are a number of other factors. Uh, is the foundation able to do anything, do you think, to put this technology in the hands of more people? That's a real, I guess, bit of a challenge because um, the team that I work with also, my role is very much about looking at new technologies and what's sort of out there that still hasn't got here. Um, but the team I work with very closely are those that provide assessment and training in the use of technology. And there are 
price is a barrier for some people of, of buying the devices, but there's a large number of our communities also that do struggle just with that whole concept of touchscreens. And it's how we try and make sure that whatever technology um, is being rolled out in the mainstream arena, that we can find ways that those clients can, can access those devices as well. And that's why we've sort of started to talk about having, as I said, what I call these talking posts, because that would enable people who don't use technology the ability to still get that vital transport information. But for the Blind Foundation, um, we've launched our own sort of um, daisy book um, option for people, which is iOS and looking at other platforms to roll that out that out on, but we still also need to be able to have other devices that people can use that do struggle to use that touch screen. Right. And I suppose the other thing too is that if there is a really strong incentive, like if people think, man, I can be so much more independent, I can wander down the street and know exactly what business I'm passing and how to get to the counter and do all those things. Sometimes it's the incentive that people need if, if they are struggling then if there's a real need that they can see, a real way that it improves their lives, then it sort of focuses the mind, doesn't it? It makes people perhaps work on it a little. Well, exactly. And I think, you know, of all the um, either free or low-cost apps that are out there now that do make a huge difference to one's independence and ability to be able to, whether it's check mail, check what banknote you've got in your pocket, um, etc., cetera, um, that makes a huge difference. And it's trying to be able to promote those sorts of opportunities so people who haven't thought about using a touchscreen device or similar devices can see what those real benefits could be for them. Yeah, when you think about the things that you and I are using on a daily basis, just being able to quickly read some print with the KNFB reader or mm. talk talk to someone when we need a pair of eyes with Be Specular or Be My Eyes or one of those apps, um, checking our, our currency with the money identifier, all these little things that add up. And now you've got this ability to wander around the central business district and get really good information almost like a sighted person would get by glancing it's really starting to add up to one heck of a game changer well it is i mean one of the comments i made at our launch yesterday is that for those sighted people sitting in the room if they could imagine walking down you know our main um, shopping precinct with all the windows you know painted over and those signs around for many blind people, that's exactly what it's like. You know, we don't know quite often. You know, the shops we go to on a regular basis, and the ones that you can pick up by smell. Oh, there's a shoe shop. Um, oh, that must be that. Um, you know, soap and fragrance shop. But a lot of other shops that you go past don't have those sorts of cues. And you know, the Beacon technology and Blind Square certainly will give blind people a bit more of a insight as to what's in their community. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes you just have to wander in. If you're looking for a specific place, sometimes you, you just wander in and you say, what store is this? And you kind of exactly. feel like you're inconvenient. And, and then when you when you wander out again because it's not the store you're looking for, you kind of feel a bit bad because, you know, maybe you wandered into an empty shop and probably somebody hoped that you were a customer. And then you just wander <laughs> out again and say, oh, thank you, when you find out what the shop is, you know. <laughs> yes. But, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the things I, I really keep – harping on about to people about is that 
I always just used, used to use my own sort of strategies about how to find places and how to get around. But I find it more and more increasingly difficult to do so, I know, partly age, partly um, just, you know, our streets are becoming much more complex. And now before I go somewhere, I'll sit there with Blind Square and I'll say, okay, so I'm going to Auckland next week and I'm going to a part of Auckland that I don't normally go to. So where am I staying? What is handy to me? And I can sit at home and look at those places. But like when I went to um, CSUN earlier this year, I was able to sit here and look at the hotel that I was staying in, what cafes were handy, where the um, bus stops were, to get an indication on how far it was going to and how long it would take me to get from the hotel down to the conference venue. And I just find those sorts of, um, that sort of ability to do that makes travel that much more less stressful. I think also where Blind Square deserves lots of credit is that there are a number of these blindness-specific navigation apps that don't make it to countries outside, say, the United States and maybe a couple mm. of others. And yet, uh, you know, Blind Square has been a very inclusive app right from the beginning, perhaps because they're leveraging an international service like uh, Foursquare and Google Maps. But it, it's wonderful for a country like New Zealand, which is often either left out or considered as an afterthought to be at the forefront mm. of something like this. And we see that so often with, you know, new technologies that come out that, What's uh, only for the American market or the or the North, um, you know, European market, and as you say, New Zealand and Australia. Um, well, we'll get we'll get to you next year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, how many of these beacons are are operational now? Because I know there's sort of a, a progressive rollout plan. What, yeah. what do you, what do you have on day one? I think we've got about thirty. Um, we're about live yesterday, but the main ones that we've, um, we've tested a few messages on are around the city council and the library. Um, but we're hoping, you know, sort of in the next month or so to have, have a, few, a bit more indication and we'll be publicising through some of our email lists um, the list of places that do have beacons. Um, I'm working with a little um, test group um, who I'm going to be setting out some tasks with some questions for them to walk around the streets and report back as to what they found, you know, were all the beacons working? Uh, what were the messages like? You know, was it helpful? Um, was there more information you needed? That's brilliant. Well, I look forward to having a play myself, and I think it's an exciting initiative. So well done to everyone involved, and I really appreciate yeah. you coming on to explain it to us. Hey, no, no, only too happy to do so, Jonathan. Thanks for the opportunity. And I'm about to go wandering the streets of New Zealand's capital on a busy shopping Saturday morning. That's next on The Blind Side. In these days of death, distraction, taxes, and Mrs. Miller, you need to take time to have a good laugh. <laughs> Thankfully, that jolly old fellow Bruce Taves is here to help with Funny Fridays. It's two hours of comedy sketches and songs the whole family can enjoy. Bruce has been star-trekking across the universe to find the best English-speaking comedy from Canada, the US, the UK and beyond. 
From Stan Freeberg to the Goons, the Royal Canadian Air Force to Monty Python, you'll laugh so much that your 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 family will tell you to shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! So it's just as well I've already told you when you can hear Funny Fridays. I told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. I did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. I'm telling you I did. You did not. Now, now, boys, let me settle this. Funny Fridays with Bruce Taves. Fridays at 9pm Eastern on the home of the fun guys, Mushroom FM. And now, stories making news in the blind community on The Blind Side. That is precisely what we're doing, taking it to the streets. I'm now standing in Wakefield Street with our resident technology expert on the blind side, Heidi Mosen. Welcome to you, Heidi. Thank you. It is not that common that you'd be able to get somebody as young as you to give up their Saturday morning to come into the central city and walk around with their dad with iPhone in hand, looking probably quite nerdy, I would have thought. But the alternative was working on a really boring assignment, so... I see, okay. In that case, there's no contest, really, is there? (laughs) Let me explain the configuration. I'm holding my iPhone 7 Plus with the Ferrite app. That's what we're recording with. And I'm using a Zoom IQ6 microphone to record this. So it is stereo. And we've got the windscreen because Wellington is quite a windy place, so we'll do our best to filter out all the wind. Although it's a pretty nice spring day today in Wellington, and we've had some dodgy weather, but here we are in the the central city, and it's actually quite nice. Now, Heidi has her iPhone 6, and we've installed Blind Square on that, thanks to family sharing. Yep. And what we've done is we've gone through and we've turned off the announcement of the GPS stops um, and and places and other information that you get so that we can concentrate on what Blind Square calls the BPS, Blind Square Positioning System. For this to work, a couple of caveats. You have to have Bluetooth enabled. And if you run Blind Square without Bluetooth enabled, it invites you to enable it. It says because you can then use compatible accessories. However, it is necessary to enable Bluetooth for the BPS, the Blind Square Positioning System, to work because iBeacon is a Bluetooth technology. So we have enabled it. We are going to walk towards somewhere where Thomas Bryan from the Blind Foundation, who we just spoke with, says there is an iBeacon or a Blind Square beacon. And in reading up about this technology, I understand it's actually very intelligent. So not only does it know that you're walking past a business and it will give you information based on what you're walking past, but it will also get directionality. We talked with Thomas about that. And when you slow down, perhaps to investigate a business, it will give you more detailed information. But that is all dependent on it being programmed to do so. So we'll find out what we have and I'm going to take your elbow, okay. Heidi. There we go. And we're walking now uh, here on Wakefield Street, which is, I understand, the uh, area where some of these beacons have been put together by the Wellington City Council, and there's a progressive rollout. We've got a flight of steps, which is just outside 
the library, being a very learned person, of course I know this, that uh, <laughs> the, the library is pretty good here actually. They have a lot of facilities that we can access, including a really cool set of electronic databases that you can access online. They have uh, audiobooks, sound recordings, and... Huh. Wellington City Library, Clark's Cafe, and Citizens Advice Bureau. We've stopped. Straight ahead, automatic sliding doors, manual doors 12 o'clock, push or pull, Clark's Cafe, 1 o'clock 20 meters, Citizens Advice Bureau 10 o'clock 15 meters, seating 12 o'clock. Now you can see through the doors, Heidi? Yes. So is that accurate? Yes, that is quite accurate. We're right in front of the sliding doors, haven't quite got to them. Then there's a little foyer with manual doors straight through that and through there is the cafe. We'll go into the building in just a minute, but what I'd like to do is just do a 180 yep. and let's see what Blind Square does. If we just turn around, we've turned... Exit to Civic Square, stairs down, 12 o'clock, or accessibility ramp, 1 o'clock. So that means that if I move to my right, there's a ramp rather than the stairs? Yes, there's a ramp just off to the right. That is really slick, isn't it? <laughs> all right, so let's turn around once again. It's probably going to do it all over again. We've stopped. Oh, no. It's and, and it's smart enough that it knows we haven't really moved, so it's not giving us the same information again. And now we're going to move inwards and see if we get any further information. So it told us... Automatic sliding doors. Manual doors, 12 o'clock. Push or pull. Yep. Clark's Cafe, 1 o'clock, 20 metres. Citizens Advice Bureau, 10 o'clock, 15 metres. Seating, 12 o'clock. So All right. it told us about the automatic doors as we went through them. Okay, yes. So that's pretty amazing. Here's the push or pull manual door. Which is what it said. Now we're in the library. Shh, we're in the library. Yeah, I don't think we have to be quiet in this bit of the library, do we? Uh, we should try and be a little bit quiet. Oh, well then the iPhone's going to be yabbering away. Yeah, it, it could be embarrassing. Yeah, people, people studying. Shh, shh. Right, so I think there may be another beacon in... This is 2 Mercer Street, Wellington. Okay, so that's just the standard blind square announcement. I think that if you shake the iPhone, it may tell you where the nearest beacon is, but that could be the beacon that we just had. No beacons detected nearby. Okay. Oh, that's weird. We have walked a bit through the cafe now, so right. we're not by the entrance anymore. Uh. And we're heading towards the other library entrance, which is the main entrance. Okay, so there may be another beacon at that entrance, potentially. We'll go exploring. Watch out for the stairs. We're going down some stairs, yep. Wellington City Library, Clark's Cafe and Citizens Advice Bureau. Straight ahead, double automatic doors, through both to floor, service counter, one o'clock, carpet through security gate follow tiles, one o'clock, four metres. Wow. And that's correct? Uh, that's slightly off. That's assuming we've just entered through the main doors and we haven't. So it's slightly inaccurate in this case. Okay. But it's completely accurate for the main doors. So that may be just that information needs to be programmed for it if you're coming towards the door from within. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's, that's all part of the testing phase. Yes. Sorry. Last fight. Double automatic doors. Service counter, one o'clock. Carpet through security gate follow tiles, one o'clock, four metres. Okay, so we can follow those instructions. 
double automatic doors, through both to floor, service counter, one o'clock, carpet through security gate follow tiles, one o'clock, four meters. Now in terms of this technology, Here's the it, carpet through the security Yeah, there's gate. the carpet they talked about. That's amazing. Okay. In terms of this technology, it is possible to put an iBeacon and associate it with a specific thing. So, for example, you could have an iBeacon that specifically was at, say, the front desk if you wanted to get to the front desk and direct blind people to it. In that case, you can go into the tools menu of Blind Square. And you can use an option called Beacon Radar. And when you enable that, it uses a series of tones which you can quickly get used to. And it helps you to hone in, as it were, on the beacon. So hence the name Beacon Radar. And it sort of sounds like a radar. Um, There's not much point in using it for this because I think these beacons are way up in the air somewhere out of harm's reach. (laughs) Okay, so... Shall we go and head back and see if we can find any other beacons? Okay. So we're going to get back onto the streets. The people of Wellington should be duly cautious about that. Yep. Double automatic doors through both to floor. Service counter, one o'clock. Yeah. Carpet through security gate follow tiles, one o'clock, four metres. So it's still doing the announcement is if we're entering rather than exiting right. which we're now trying to do and that's just a programming issue yeah um these have just been set up exit from service desk follow tiles one o'clock four meters carpet through security gate continue at one o'clock okay so now it knows we're exiting of automatic sliding doors yeah address is 17 victoria street and there it is there's the automatic sliding doors they talked about yeah. um so it's giving information that we just never had access to before Um, remarkable and you can imagine what it would be like if they equipped an entire shopping mall with this you know I do not travel to shopping malls on my own anymore because as people who listen to my nonsense know uh, I also have a hearing impairment it's degenerative and there's just so much noise it's very difficult to navigate in that kind of environment but if you could navigate store by store and know exactly where you're going I mean even when I go with Bonnie you know she's popping into shops going what store is this <laughs> yeah so um nice uh, saturday morning as we record this walking we're on Wake- wakefield street now right uh yes this is where wakefield street and where are we headed we are heading towards the information center and the city council building okay and so both of those i think are controlled like the library by the wellington city council and so we would think that they may have equipped the building in this early trial with yeah yeah tourist information center now we've stopped so it should give us is it going to give us any more apparently not we can walk further in okay here we go Enter through two sets of automatic sliding doors. Information desks to right, seating to left, toilets far right and simply New Zealand ahead. Behind information display. Shake for more information. Shake for more? Information. Enter through two sets of automatic sliding doors. Information desks to right, seating to left, toilets far right and simply New Zealand ahead. Behind information display. Shake for more information. I think you may have shaken too much. Just shake it and oh, then... Sorry. 
Enter through two sets of automatic oh. sliding doors. Uh, no, maybe not. Information desks to right, seating to left, toilets far right, and simply New Zealand ahead. Okay. Behind information display. Shake for more information. Okay. You information shake. desk. End of tiles one meter ahead. Right fifteen meters. Toilets. Left at information desks. Seating immediate left. Simply New Zealand. End of seating. Two o'clock. Three meters. Then left. Display rack in entrance to right. Nearest address is Wellington. Okay, we got there. So there is more information there. Yeah, I had to just be more gentle. You're being a bit overzealous with your shaking, I think. I'm sorry. Enter through two sets of automatic sliding doors. Information desks to right. Seating to left. Toilets far right and simply New Zealand ahead. Behind information display. Shake for more information. Now we're in the um, in the information centre, looking like two nerds carrying all these gadgets. Yeah, nerds. I think people know. Yeah, there's been quite a bit of publicity about the the blind square trial here. Hmm. Have you seen a reference to it and stuff and that sort of No, I haven't. Visitor Information Center. Straight ahead. Exit onto Wakefield Street. Yep, that's Okay, correct. so that's perfect. So this one is very aware of where we are and it knows that we're going to exit onto Wakefield Street. Okay, so we'll continue straight ahead then. Oh. Address is 100-108 Wakefield Street, Wellington, heading south. And now we are going through the door. Automatic sliding doors. Second door slide left display 12 o'clock. Well, that was a lie. 1 7 meters. Information desk. 3 o'clock. 15 meters. Seating immediate left. So that door was actually not sliding. It was manual. But, you know, I mean, these are just minor minor tweaks the point it, is it did tell us there was a door there it told yeah. us it would exit onto Wakefield yeah. Street that's yeah. what's important yeah the the the, the issue for me is that it Sleep works mode. I mean oh. what did you get there Sleep mode. Switch button. Off. oh hmm. did you just put your blind square to sleep it went to sleep by itself well oh, that's outrageous I think it's a setting in blind square I haven't really configured all the settings since one this of the, is new one of the first things I noticed when I went into the, I believe, the tools menu. Yep. Was that it knew that we were in Wellington, and as Thomas mentioned in the interview, there's a designated area of Wellington that is uh, applicable for the Blind Square event app, which is free, so that anybody who is blind or, or not, for that matter. Wellington City Council and Service Centre. Here's another one. All right, we've just okay. paused here which I think is what, let's move forward in an yeah, exploratory manner. Is it going to give us any more? Yeah, apparently it doesn't like us enough. Oh, we'll just keep... No. Maybe we can shake the phones, see if it gives us... Okay. Nearest beacon is Wellington City Council and Service Centre. Okay, that tells us the nearest beacon. Can we get any closer to this one? Unfortunately, no, it's closed it's right closed. now. It's closed. Exit onto Wakefield Street. Oh, it knows that we're facing away from the doors now. Yeah. So let's try and do another 180 and see if... Okay. We'll go back a little bit okay. and then approach it again. Two sets of sliding doors. Service centre, left. Entrance, four metres. Main reception, two o'clock, ten metres. From what I can see, that was pretty accurate. Right. Of course, I can't get in there to check it all. Two sets of sliding doors. Service centre, left. Entrance, four metres. Main reception, two o'clock, ten metres. 
And so this is the Wellington City Council's main building, their information centre. People would come here to inquire about a range of things. Yeah. So the big question is, why did the blind square use across the road? Uh, to find the eye beacon? Yeah, probably. All right, we're crossing the road. With tactile indicators, by the way. We're heading towards the printing. This is the printing place, but it has not triggered this. Oh, hold on. Wakefield's digital, smart printing. Straight ahead, single manual door, handle left, pull, service desk 12 o'clock, two meters at end of tiled upward ramp. <laughs> wow. It looks closed right now, but that sounds very accurate. It is a single manual door, the handle is on the left. Right. I mean, correct. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, so within the space of not too many metres, really, we've found, I think, four now, right? The library, where I think there may be a couple of... Well, there are a couple, right, for the two different entrances. Yeah, two different of entrances the, to the library, the yep. information centre and the city council. Yeah, and now this Wakefield, now Wakefield Digital. digital. Yeah. And the Chamber of Commerce is right behind this... The Wellington City Council have used, as I mentioned with Thomas, used their social media channels, and so we will expect that there'll be more of these beacons. And I just think this is, this is a real watershed. It's a breakthrough. Also, in the most recent build of Blind Square, they have added New Zealand bus stop information, and we were just finding before that it was giving information about various buses and when they depart and stuff. So... Yeah. It makes a heck of a difference, and they've done a great job. So if you are listening to this in Wellington and you don't have the Blind Square app, if you can, I'd encourage you to purchase this and support the developer because what, a, what an amazing initiative this is. But if, uh, if that's out of your budget and you want to play with this, remember you can get the Blind Square event app, which is where Blind Square is enabled for free for locations specified by the developer, and it is enabled for... Wellington at the moment so that anybody who has an iDevice can have a play with this. Well, thank you very much for taking us through it. Heidi, it's been most of What do you think of it? I think it's really cool. I think it gives a lot of detailed information, more than I was expecting it to, and it's pretty accurate in most cases, so I think it's awesome. I was thinking maybe we should get a couple for Mosin Towers because it's all just programmable by Google Sheets. Oh, really? Yeah, so you just go into Google Sheets. There's some very good information we will link to in the show notes from Blind Square that talks about how you set these up. But it's not rocket science, and they do seem to have gone to some trouble to make sure that the whole process is accessible. So we could set up, we could set up just, you know, maybe one on two Blind Square beacons at Mosin Towers for when blind people visit. Yeah, show them where the bathrooms are so they don't have to keep That's asking. That's right, that's right. <laughs> you know, they can do the grand tour and wander around. Yeah. Um, but but it's, it's got enormous potential. So um, thanks for going on the tour with us. Back in the studio to say goodbye, and before I do that, to remind you, in case you missed out because of all the hubbub over iOS 10, that Mosin Consulting has a substantially updated book on the Apple TV fourth generation. Accessibility has come a long way in terms of functionality, and we're right up to date with the latest version of tvOS for the Apple TV fourth generation in a book called The Apple of Your Eye. 
And if you're looking at getting an Apple TV 4 or you have one and you want to make sure that you're making the most of that, then do check that out as well as our many other offerings in the Mosin Consulting store. You can go straight to the book by going to mosin.org slash ATV4. That's M-O-S-E-N dot org slash ATV4. Thanks for listening to The Blind Side, a production of Mosin Consulting. On the web at mosin.org.